So hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm here as always with my co-host John Mixon. John, how are you doing? Good, Dan. And I'm kind of excited because I know you got the opportunity to travel to Saudi Arabia. And I think, you know, for somebody that hasn't been in that uh, country or that part of the world, there's always, you know, so many questions and it's so many history and culture. There's just so rich. And so I'm really looking forward that uh, you've gotten this panel together of uh IT directors and school leaders from that region and also you having traveled there and I know you came back very excited and I'm just wondering what kind of got you so excited about going to Saudi Arabia? I think it's interesting you know I spent um, I did a couple of trips with my family to the Middle East we spent three months in Dubai uh, we spent three months in Bahrain and, and, and I've been to Saudi a couple of times and I'm just fascinated by, by the region I think um you know, I've heard several people say that Saudi Arabia is is the new China, you know, in terms of opportunities, what China was in maybe the 90s, that that's the kind of opportunities in Saudi with the growth. So I'm really interested about it. You know, obviously, we hear things about Neon, the new city and the line uh, and, and, and and all that kind of thing. So what I w- is, we've got a really interesting group of people on here today who all work in, in Saudi Arabia. And what I think I'd like to do is, first of all, we'll talk a bit about, we'll get everyone to introduce themselves and we'll talk about you know, what it's like living there, what are the opportunities, uh, and get into that discussion, which I think will be interesting for anyone, not just tech directors, you know, anyone who anyone who works for an international school, I think it will be really useful because there's huge opportunities for international school educators. And then I'd love to get into the tech stuff. John, John you and me are tech guys, everyone on the call is a tech director. So we'd get a bit into the some of the tech tech issues uh, and, uh, and opportunities in, in, in Saudi. So... Fantastic. First of all, everyone, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Um, it'd be great to have a quick introduction. If we could go maybe Paul, Zishan, Khalid, and then uh, Donovan, it would be great. Uh, thanks, Dan and John. Um, all right, so my name's Paul Collins. I'm the IT director at the British International School of Riyadh. Uh, this is a school, an international school that's been here the last 30 years. Uh, I believe it might have been one of the first international schools, I'm not sure. Uh, we currently have um, five campuses around Saudi, and we're currently in the process of building two more that will come online in um, August in 2024. Um, and I've, I've been here with the school for just going on six months now, so I'm probably the freshest person here to Saudi amongst you all. Uh, but I've got about 30 years experience working in IT, 10 of which were senior management IT positions in international schools in uh, Dubai, uh, Hong Kong, and Myanmar before this. Fantastic. So, uh, Zishan. Thanks, Dan. Um, thank you uh, for having me on this podcast. And um, yeah, my name is Zishan. I'm IT director at Miss Schools. Uh, I've been here uh, just over two years. This is my third academic year. Uh, before here, I was working as IT director in, in the UAE uh, at one of the GEM schools. Um, uh, Miss Schools is part of the Crown Prince's not-for-profit foundation. Um, it's a school that's focused on developing the future leaders of Saudi Arabia. Um, we, uh, my background is teaching and learning. I'm a teacher by background. I started off in the classroom, um, eventually worked my way through a number of roles there, 
uh, in teaching um, before eventually becoming an IT director. So I think um, the reason um, you know I, I moved to MISC and this opportunity came about is that I have that mix of of that background in teaching and learning as well as that IT uh, um, expertise as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Um, yeah, feel free to ask any any questions. Sounds good, fantastic. Th thanks, Zishan. Uh, Khalid. Yeah, I'm uh, Khalid Abdetam. Um, I've been here at the school for the past six years in the American International School of Riyadh. Uh, just like Zishan, I started more in the classroom. Uh, I've worked at the American School in Khatoum for seven years before coming here and worked my way into the uh, technology. Uh, my background does have to do with electronic engineering. So getting that transition from the classroom um, and connecting the ed tech was very important. Um, our school is a little bit older than uh, the British school. I think we're just at 60 years now um, with a, one campus though. So uh, we have about 1500 plus students on campus um, and the school continues to grow every year. Fantastic. And uh, Donovan. Hello. Um, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm an avid listener. I've, I've tuned into many episodes, so it's a privilege to be on here and uh, with such wonderful company. Uh, my name is Donovan Hall, um, originally from New Zealand. I'm uh, the Ed Tech Director at the Kaus School in Saudi Arabia. I've been here for now eight and a half years, um, like uh, the gentleman in, in the room here. Uh, arrived as a, as a teacher in, in upper elementary and, and um, coming with an ed tech background in previous schools in Sudan uh, and in Angola uh, for that. I've been um, at the Cow School uh, in the position of ed tech director for four and a half years. And so for those people who aren't familiar with the Cow School, uh, we're a community uh, school, international community school, and we serve uh, the community uh, of KAUST, and KAUST is uh, King Abdullah University of Science and Technology. So we're a gated community of uh, 8,500 people situated on the, the shores of the Red Sea um, in, in a beautiful location in Saudi Arabia. So uh, very fortunate to be here for eight and a half years and um, serving as the director at the school. Fantastic. John, Jonathan, John, you got anything to add before we jump in with some discussion? No, no, I just, it's so great to have you guys here at the International School Podcast. It's funny, Dan, we forgot to introduce the podcast. We said the pod, we just now are, it's obviously a sign <laughs> of a certain arrogance. <laughs> no, well, I mean, if people are clicking on our podcast, they already know it's the podcast, don't they? I guess, I'm so. joking, I'm joking. Anyway, <laughs> it's true, I'm just, it's true. Yeah, and, and I love the fact that uh, everybody's talking, kind of giving their background, and there's that blend of being a classroom teacher and a technician, and Kyla talked about electro uh, engineering. I I think that combination is so important today as a tech director. So I just want to applaud the schools and yourselves that, you know, marry both those skill sets, the kind of more technical, but also the pedagogic and understanding what the creative tensions are in the uh, classroom. So thank you so much. Really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, definitely. I think before we get into like the opportunities in Saudi and what they are like, I don't know if anyone could give like a high level overview, like what are the different places um you can work in saudi and then we can talk a bit about them from from people who've lived there like obviously we know about riyadh and jeddah are the two biggest cities i imagine that's where most of the opportunities are any anyone want to jump in and say about what you know where where the international schools are in saudi and, and then we can get into what, what these places are like um 
can I can talk a little bit about Riyadh and Jeddah yeah. and and you know I know those places quite quite well. Um, apart from that, I can mention a few places. But um, Riyadh is your your capital city. Very fast paced, very busy, um, and all all the the perks that come along with being part of that that fast paced lifestyle, that fast paced city. Um, the international schools, um, there's several of them in Riyadh. Um, and for, for teachers and anyone thinking of coming to, to Saudi Arabia, most of the schools that offer you compound-based accommodation uh, where you live in family-friendly compounds. Um, Jeddah is, an, again, another city in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think, from, from my, in my opinion, a little bit less um, fast-paced, a little bit slower-paced, a little bit more relaxed, chilled-out um, uh, atmosphere there. It's, it's got a beach. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's on the coastline there. Um, and uh, again, um, it's a it's a very nice city. Lots to do, lots to see when you're there. And then um, you've also got other cities. You've got Damam, which is on the other side towards Bahrain. Um, again, beach beaches there, nice lifestyle. Again, chill, more more relaxed than Riyadh. Uh, and then you've got new projects such as Neom, uh, which is uh, you know a huge development project which is happening in the north of the country where of course there's a huge amount of construction happening projects happening and because of that there's communities that are happening there schools that schools are popping up there uh, as a as a way to cater for the the communities that are developing there and that are building up the the um the the, the um, projects there Khaled, you had something to share too thank you Zahman. that's great it's yeah. just great to get that overview and yeah, just to add to what Ishan is saying, um, so in the in the eastern province, in the, the Mam and Khobar area, there's a lot of international schools. So there's the ISG group, which has many different uh, schools in one. Uh, there's Aramco. Uh, so it's a little bit more uh, relaxed than Riyadh. Uh, it's uh, more of a beach scene or, or a coastal uh, area which is about an hour away from Bahrain. So you can go on the bridge and an hour away, you're in another country. Um, a lot of the projects are popping up in the West. And uh, at the beginning, a lot of those families were stationed here in Riyadh, but now the cities are opening up and they're actually staying in Neom and in those areas. Uh, so yeah, there's many schools popping up even in Riyadh. There's a lot of international schools. We're expecting a huge growth within the next couple of years in terms of the number of uh, international schools just within Riyadh as a capital. Uh, so the growth is going to be huge. It's interesting talking about Damam. Um, so I was in Bahrain uh, for three months. I was actually back there again end of last year. And uh, funnily enough, any, anyone who's English on this on this call, I actually met Stephen Gerrard, who lives in, he works in Damam now. He's a, he's a manager, unless he's been fired, because I know football managers get fired pretty good, pretty often. But he lives in <laughs> he lives in Bahrain, interesting. A lot of people live in Bahrain. Um, I, get, I, I imagine because it's, it's more Western and people who want the more, more Western lifestyle. There's actually a huge bridge that connects Damam to Bahrain. And he was he said he was driving there every day. Like he'd drive across, they train in the afternoon and evening, he'd drive across the morning, drive back in the evening. It's kind of interesting. People do that kind of commuting, commuting lifestyle. That's amazing to think, yeah, to come back and forth like that. I think one thing that, you know, as you're sharing these uh, rich geographic locations and this, the variety that you're describing of, uh, you know, uh, beaches and uh, the, the tempo of the cities, I'm wondering if there's certain myths about living in Saudi Arabia you can dispel, yep. because I think so often 
there is a, a very naive and kind of narrow view of this wonderful uh, culture and country. And I'm just curious, maybe Donovan and Paul, because you uh, haven't yet shared, are there any myths you can dispel? And of course, uh, Zeshan and Khaled jump in, but I'm just curious, are there any myths that maybe you can tell our audience, no, that's not Saudi Arabia? Huh? Well, I'll give you my my personal experience, and it's as I said, I've only been here six months, so it's kind of limited. But uh, what I've found is that the Saudi people are incredibly friendly, um, um, uh, and I lived in Dubai for five years before this, and and not to say at all that the Emirati people are not friendly because they are also very friendly. But I have met way more Saudi people in the last six months than I did in Dubai in, of Emiratis in five years. And I just find them very hospitable, very welcoming, very interested, uh, willing to share, um, and, and, and really like, uh, yeah, very welcoming. I'm, I'm, it's probably the best way to put it. Um, so that's, Paul, that's... I found the same thing. I, I noticed um, the same thing in Bahrain. In Bahrain and Saudi, like I met, just meet a lot of local people. Like in 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 the UAE, you know, you're very. At least I personally didn't meet many Emiratis. You know, like you won't, you'll never go into like a, a shop and it will be an Emirati working there. You know, like whereas in in Saudi, you do actually have an interaction with with the local people, which is interesting. Donovan, yeah. Yeah, much like um, Paul, probably what, eight and a half years ago when we first arrived, it sort of um, arrived in, uh, in at Kaust here and um, went on down down to Jeddah and in Ikea and, and um, the people, the, the local people, super helpful, super friendly. Um, one of the things as a result of the pandemic is that people couldn't travel. And, and so there was a lot of internal travel. And I think that really sort of um, opened up um, people's sort of eyes around what's available in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia because um, it's it's winter time you know uh, it gets pretty cold when I say cold I'll, I'll let people know what you know it could get to 18 and maybe to 30 that's the range here in Kaust and I believe Riyadh's uh, a bit cooler so for those people listening that's uh, that's cold for us but um, you know I think uh, people traveled extensively throughout we have people who have traveled over to Dubuk to Neom over to the east coast down to Taif um, and everywhere, and speak really highly of the um, of their experiences and, and how safe and secure people feel, you know, um, along the way, and how hospitable, you know, people um, having car troubles and, and people stopping, rolling up, and helping out, you know, and, and just just wonderful experiences. So I think um, you know the pandemic is as awful as as it was it certainly provided an, uh, opportunities to travel in the kingdom and and expose us to, to things we may not have been sort of open to previously. I think that's interesting that and, uh, you say uh, that because so often uh, when you are an expatriate and it's the holidays, you tend to leave the country and go back to your home country. And often that kind of doesn't give you the opportunity to really dig in deep into the the culture and the, and the geography of the country. So that's interesting observation, Donovan. Thank you. Yes, go ahead, please. Khaled? Or is it, is it, was it Zay, Zayshan? Go ahead. I think you had something to share. Yeah, sure. So I just wanted to add about things to do, just following on from Donovan. Um, I think in the past couple of months, I've been to a world championship boxing fight. I've seen um, a football game between Inter Milan and AC Milan. I've been to a Kevin Hart, um, you know, a comedy show. Uh, I've been to watch the, the ladies championship golf uh, a tournament here in Riyadh. So 
I think that's one myth which needs to spell. And there's, there's so much to do here, so much to see and do. Um, it, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of events and things which are just happening on a regular basis. I saw it's funny when I, I saw a flyer. There was there's, they're having like raves in Saudi now as well, aren't they? There's like electronic music festivals and things which you never would have expected. Like, I mean, I think I think it is. I think it's important to say that it, it, Donovan can. I guess you've maybe been there the longest, but it seems like the pace of change is accelerating in Saudi. It seems like you know what Saudi Arabia three years ago is a, is a very different place from from what it is uh, today. Uh, yeah, um, and like Zeeshan uh, was saying, and uh, being in Riyadh, like the the access to like world class events and, and opportunities, and um, really uh, tourism as well. You know, so we, we've got phenomenal athletes, phenomenal cultural events um, throughout Saudi Arabia. A lots in Riyadh, like um, we have the golf next door, and it's been going for a number of years. But it, it's you know you have the Formula One and different things. Uh, and then opportunities, you know, to go to the Red Sea and do diving on liverboards and, and things like that and, and go snorkeling with whale sharks. Like, you know, these are things that I, I wasn't really aware of until I sort of got here and started talking to people. But it's pretty phenomenal, um, the, the change of the environment, the things you can do. Um, and then uh, a lot of the things that have been brought into the, the kingdom um, that Zishan and no doubt Khaled would be able to testify to. Yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit more to what Donovan said regarding the weather. So I grew up in Iowa where it's 30, 40 below. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been here expecting to be in the hot desert. And um, what's wrong? So it, it's, it's dry here in Riyadh, which is completely opposite in Jeddah. But when it gets cold here, it's bone. Um, but I was very intrigued and surprised to find out that once you travel up north uh, even more in some areas that are close north, so this is... A country that has all waters in it. It has the desert. It has snow. It has the sea, which is beautiful. Uh, and to what Zidane is saying, um, tonight there's actually a classic between Real Madrid and uh, Barcelona here in Riyadh as well. So one of the big classicals is happening here, uh, which is amazing. Um, in the past, it wasn't something that's uh, advertised. Khalid, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to stop you because your voice is breaking and we unfortunately can't hear the great stuff you want to share. So I'm just wondering if you can just check and then come back and try. It just seems like you're losing a connection or something. Yeah, I'm I'm very keen because I I I learned something just from what Khalid was saying. I didn't know there was any way with snow in Saudi Arabia. That's that's new. That's news to me. You can go skiing, Dan. There's your next ski holiday in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, John and me were saying, I've actually just was skiing with my son this morning. I was up early to the mountains, back, back again. So, yeah. I'm, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm really keen to talk about quickly? And then Paul is going to mention safety and security. Like, people, I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities in Saudi. People hear that, you know, the salaries are high, the opportunities. So, a lot of people are thinking about it. And one thing I think Zishan and, and Donovan mentioned is, is compound life. Like, and I wonder if, because I, I don't know much about that. I've obviously, Donovan, I've been to where you live, which is like a, obviously a huge compound. It's the whole university. But can, can you guys talk about compound life? What is it? Where do foreigners live? What, what are these places like? You know, is, is it only for families or can single people go there? I'd love any, any or all of you to give a bit of perspective about, you know, this the compound living, which is kind of unique to a lot of countries, you know? Uh, yeah, so I can talk about that in terms of safety and security. So coming from well, Dubai, and, and anyone who knows about the UAE will know that it's an incredibly safe and easy and secure place to live. Uh, and I was you know, coming to um, Riyadh, 
I found it probably equally so. Um, uh, it's far safer, I would say, just in everyday life than Australia, where I'm from. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the chances of being mugged or something, are, I would say, nil. Um, and I know Saudi may have in the past uh, had a reputation about uh, safety and security, but I think it's shrugged that off and, and, and now find, you know, it's, it's safe to walk around day or night anywhere. Um, uh, I live on a compound and it does have a bit of legacy kind of, um, what I would say, a bit over security from, you know, maybe 20 years ago. But, uh, you know, living on the compound, it's very much like um, you could be anywhere in the world, actually. It's uh, the compound I live at, which is attached to the school. You know, I literally, I walk to work. It's a five-minute walk from my door to my front door to my office, um, and it has all the facilities that you could possibly need uh, in terms of like a clubhouse, and it feels like you're living on a resort, basically. Um, <laughs> I, like I, I've been there six months, and I've yet to lock my front door. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Facilities, like I guess you've got swimming pools, gyms, like, like a supermarket. All that. Is that, is yeah. that kind of what, what it's like? Yeah, and there's like a bowling alley and squash courts, tennis courts, basketball courts. Uh, you know, it's all indoor, air-conditioned. Um, uh, yeah, and, you know, supermarkets and, yeah, everything. It, I mean, people joke that you could actually just live on the compound and never leave it. Uh, and it's actually quite true. Um, I find just to myself, I am so busy with my job. I, yeah, <laughs> my my life does become a little bit insular. I do have to get out a bit more. Yeah. Anyone else want to jump in? I just see Khaled's back. Khaled, do you want to go back and tell us you were started with your from Iowa and just share that? I think it's important oh. people get to hear it. Oh, yeah. I was just saying that I'm from Iowa. So I'm supposed to be used to the cold, but I wasn't ready for the cold here. Um, Interesting. But- I love it. It's it's for me. I love the heat now, so I enjoy the heat and I enjoy the summers here. Uh, and and to add to what Paul is saying, we also live in the compound. And what's unfortunate for us is our compound is right. Um, our school is right in the compound as well, so it's a three minute bike ride home. Uh, and you get so busy that you spend more time here at work than you actually do at home. But the facilities are world class. It's it's. A lot of people don't leave the compound, as you said, and and they might leave once or twice because they have to, but otherwise you can live your whole life here. Wow. Donovan. Yeah, I think um, uh, Cast, as I sort of said, is a, a gated community. It's quite a big one. And, and Dan, you visited it uh, in, a, in a whirlwind uh, tour. But when I came here eight and a half years ago, I came with just a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And um, they've sort of grown up here and and the ability for them to have sort of independence and freedom. So for a couple of years, my, what is she, grade three kid, she's been biking around to and from school, you know, across roads and everything else. And and I think that independence has been phenomenal. Um, you know, something I grew up with in New Zealand, uh, the ability to just jump on the bike and head out the gate and and, and be safe all the way, you know, and, and I don't know, I'd feel that way uh, now. But um, yeah, it, it's fantastic. And, and we're very, very sort of fortunate um, with that as well. Um, we just had a, a, a rugby day at the beach. We had a, a, a rugby club uh, of about 120 kids 
and um, getting down to the beach as a community day. Um, yeah, so these are sort of wonderful opportunities that, that we have that um, maybe not too many people know that, you know, that exist. Um, so very, very fortunate. And so, and, and the background of all this, of course, you know, uh, you're in your compounds or you're in your situations. There's a whole, Dan was alluding to it previously, there has been so much change that's occurred here in the next, if we just imagine the last five to six years. And I assume that change you, uh, Donovan, you've witnessed it because you've, you've been there the longest. How, are, how is that change impacting day-to-day -day life with the people that you interact with. Paul, you were talking how you're making connections with uh, local Saudi citizens, and there's a really a warm, uh, engaging connection that you can develop with the local community. How are they dealing with this accelerated change? Because for a lot of them, this is very different than maybe what was before. I don't know who would want to jump in. Donovan, do you want to start? And then others can jump in. Okay, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, yeah, there's, um, the, I think it's, it's the opportunities um, that are there. So um, I think from an educational perspective um, uh, at the university uh, we were at, you know, we have a, a couple of uh, programs running at the moment. It's called Elevate. And the Elevate programs are to develop uh, business and education um, opportunities for, you know, Saudi Arabian, uh, you know, graduates. So at our school, we have around uh, probably uh, 20 uh, Elevate students. And so they, they go on a two-year program and looking at, um, you know, developing their the knowledge of teaching and learning in an international environment, um, come fully qualified with some phenomenal degrees, you know, uh, either here in the kingdom or abroad in the States and that, and um, with some amazing sort of um, science and technology background. So, you know, th these are sort of some opportunities for them. And some of them become, um, when they graduate, uh, become teachers at the Cal School here. You know, we have, we have a, I think, about three in, in our kindergarten at the moment who are graduates. Some have gone on to Neon to teach as well. Uh, and we also have uh, run that in the Cal University in business and entrepreneurship as well. So there's, there's a lot of work being done um, in there to, you know, in, in service of the kingdom um, and providing opportunities. Um, especially around uh, sustainability and um, around some of the, the major projects and partnering with them. So I think this it, it, is very sort of fast paced. Um, and, and I think I'll, I'll pass it on over to some others to maybe talk a little bit more. Thank you very much, Donovan. Say, Hunt, you wanted to add? Yeah, so um, just following on from, from that, actually, uh, um, I think Miss Schools is, is similar in the sense that, you know, the we've just moved to a new campus. It's a, it's an unbelievable new campus with amazing facilities. And the idea is that, you know, to, to grow those future leaders of Saudi Arabia, to give back to the community, to provide opportunities and, and resources. So, so we've got unbelievable sports facilities. Um, the, the staff and the students and the, the school community have access to a, a gym like I've never seen before. Um, within the school campus, the football pitches, we've got um, golf facilities coming up soon. So th there's a, a there's a real focus on on providing opportunities, providing facilities for for the community, for the for the the students, for the for the population, for the people of Saudi Arabia. Um, just jumping back a little bit to the point of of compound life as well. Um, I, I live on a little bit of a smaller compound. We've got a beautiful. We're lucky to have a beautiful villa. Um, 
but you know, my, my wife is here with me. So if I just stuck on the compound, she'd kill me. So, so we have to get out, out, out of the compound a little bit. Um, the food scene is unbelievable. The restaurants um, in Riyadh, you, you won't uh, you won't believe the amount of choice you have. Um, the, the malls and things like that. Uh, there's a, there's a lot going on here. So uh, the, the, I just wanted to to bring it back to the the compound a little bit. That although these huge compounds do exist, which are like holiday resort destinations, and and they're amazing. There is uh, you know some life outside of compounds as, uh, as well. And and you, you don't if you, if that's kind of resort compound life isn't for you there's other alternative types of compounds as well available as well and there's plenty to do outside the compounds as well Zishan it was interesting you were saying that uh in the case of your school you're talking about the incredible resources and I know Donovan Kaust is also a Saudi Arabian educational institution I'm assuming a lot of this uh, development and all these amazing resources are really being pushed also in the local school systems or is, uh, you know, is, is there the private sector and then the public sector? How are those juggling this, uh, you know, these changes? Are they equal or they depends where you are in the country? Um, I, I think that there is an emphasis, obviously, you know, the, the school has its own student body and we're quite new into this campus. So the focus uh, at this stage, you know, is giving the, our students those opportunities. But the plan for the school always has been for for the, the youth of Saudi Arabia to be able to to utilize these facilities. So we'll be, you know, as a school, we'll be looking for for, you know, the high performers uh, up and around the country and and uh, to bring them to school or to let them use the the, the miss schools facilities um uh, in all the capacity where you know we're looking to do, you know the ambitions of the the country are, are very high they want to develop leaders they want to develop um athletes they want to develop uh top olympians and you know the all of these facilities which uh, are popping up around the country it's with those ambitions and goals in mind and uh, and it's there for the country to use Great, thank you. I've, I've got a quick, um, sorry, Kelly, were you gonna say something now? Oh, I was just gonna to add to that. Um, going back a little bit further than the past five years, um, our school was not as diverse, but recently it's becoming more diverse with a lot more of the local uh, uh, student body. And that's what Saudi is actually pushing for as well. And we've been working closely with the uh, Ministry of Education to start integrating our school within the community a little bit more, whether it's uh, training sessions for teachers from other schools or some exchange program. We're still at the beginning stages of that, but these talks have been happening. We've been communicating closely with the Ministry of Education to see how can we integrate our bigger community within this international community. Um, in the past, I think they've just been two separate bubbles, but now as we see um, the demographic of the country being a little bit more diverse, seeing a lot more foreign companies, um, getting that integrated within to the Saudi uh, society is happening at a faster pace. Thank you, Zehan. Yeah, just to, just to add to that as well, one thing um, I'd like to mention is where we also are focusing on the on the teachers as well and the staff and and the professionals in in saudi arabia you know my team is is all saudi arabian the the young uh recent graduates from from saudi arabia um you know they're, they're working within the school uh in different it roles 
um, and and you know that's that's a big focus of the school as well. We've got a teacher development program where we've um, found you know some of the best graduates. Um, graduate teachers in and around Saudi Arabia, and they're actually coming into missed schools and, and developing uh, on a development program to shadow teachers, to teach lesson, lessons, and um, learn from teachers who have uh, experience internationally and are experienced in different curriculums, such as the Brit British curriculum, American curriculum, and they're picking those things up. So we have um, you know, clear pathways and progression opportunities for not only the students, but also you know, professional, level recent graduates for for for, for the local um, community here as well and i think it's so great to hear the stories of cross-pollination leveraging the talent and and the capacity of the local community and you know putting that together and it sounds like there's really a a very strong effort and, and a mindfulness that that's what the the country is looking at is how do we leverage all this talent that we have within the country Dan. Yeah, I want to ask about the opportunity because I mentioned at the beginning about the growth and it's, I keep hearing different numbers. I'd love to get some information. One, I'm not sure if it was Zishan or, or Kelly. One of you was mentioning that Riyadh, which I believe is like 9 million people, it's close to London, is planning to double in size in the next next few years. I, I know there's a city, there's Neon, where there's a, I don't, I don't know if, if people have heard of this, there's a city called The Line, which is, I believe, 200 kilometers long with these two huge walls the size of the Empire State Building, 200 meters apart, and they're kind of monorail down the middle. And it sounds like something from, from Blade Runner. Like, I'm, I'm not sure I'd want to live there, but it's uh, it's fascinating. So, I mean, clearly, if, if there's going to be Neom's a whole new city, there's, I think, another city, there's, there's Riyadh doubling in size. Like, there's going to be a lot of people coming in, which means there's going to be a lot of international schools opening and a lot of opportunity. And I'm keen to hear you guys, because you guys know more than I do about the, the, the growth and, and what's going on there right now. Anyone, uh, session? Yeah, I, 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 there is a figure. I, I can't. I'm not going to say it because I, I'm not sure if it's accurate. But I do remember a, a figure being being uh, in the news recently. Uh, it's huge. The amount of international schools which are set to set up in in Saudi Arabia over the next few years is, is it's a huge number. Um, I remember looking at the number and being you know surprised. Someone um, told me 700 private schools are in plans, you know, international and local privates. But, you know, I'd imagine it could be more than that if it's this many people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th I think it was the number I seen was a little bit more than that. But, right. um, okay. yeah. you know, I'm, I'd like to check it first before, you know, uh, I say the number, but uh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's um, um, a huge uh, amount of international schools uh, and chains, actually, uh, you know, which I'm hearing about, and I, I, I won't mention any uh, institutional names because I don't want to announce something I shouldn't announce. But from from what I'm reading, from what I'm hearing, there's uh, a lot of a lot of schools um, due to come up and set up here in the next few years. So that means there's going to be a huge demand for teachers uh, or actually uh, leveraging, as you were describing, all of those teachers within the Saudi education system, making sure, you know, having them uh, support those schools. That just sounds fascinating, especially when you hear uh, a bit about this whole teacher shortage and then you hear these numbers. Uh, you know, we, we are not giving out numbers, but there is really uh, a huge growth taking place. Paul. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, I mean, the, the, the Saudi has a 2030 plan, which is to massively 
you know, um, modernize its infrastructure and, um, you know, systems that are in the country. And I think it's very ambitious. It's got a long way to go. Um, you know, the infrastructure is in Riyadh is already struggling as it is with its 9 million people. So, you know, some, you know, changes to transportation will, for example, would have to dramatically take place like the traffic in Riyadh is horrendous as it is right now. Um, uh, and I say that coming from Dubai, uh, where I spent the last five years, where you know, if you think that the traffic in Dubai is bad, it reacts on a whole new level. Um, so, uh, but it's it's exciting, that's for sure. Um, you know, the, the Saudi government imposed a requirement on international like corporations working in the Middle East that if they want to have business with the Saudi government, they have to move their headquarters to um, to Saudi, to Riyadh, which in the last two years uh, has brought a lot of expats into the country um, and their families are having massive challenges of getting their children into schools. Um, you know, the, the school I work at has an enormous wait list. Like last I heard, it was more than a, a thousand students. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, we're the new campus that we're opening in a few months, which should have a capacity of two to two and a half thousand students, will will um, be full up from day one. Um, wow. So it's it's yeah, it's really amazing to see incredible change happening you know month to month you know very fast-paced city that's amazing and just uh the idea of that growth and also you know i think it's interesting you're, you're using the traffic metric i think that's always such a great metric to say how public transport and roads are doing depending on the traffic so uh that's a great uh point of reference Great. Anyone else got uh, anything on, on the growth? I mean, obviously we know we know Riyadh, the Neom, um, Jeddah. I'm not sure. Donovan is is Jeddah kind of you're just outside Jeddah to the north. Is that is that is that also growing? Uh, yeah, I don't have too much knowledge, but in, in talking with um, one of our colleagues, uh, Nancy, who couldn't make it today, um, I, I believe the enrolled's growing too in, in the British school. So I believe that's happening as well. So I think it's um, across the kingdom. Yeah, it seems like Saudi Arabia is going for a plan to kind of be the next kind of UAE. Obviously, they're looking towards a post-oil kind of world and trying to become this, you know, global global business center and financial center as, as well as kind of oil economy. It seems to be, you know, what's what's kind of driving a lot of this growth and, and kind of opening up. And how how so there is this growth, schools are expanding, uh, there is this huge demand. Is this, are you seeing this not only in schools, but also so for services, like, you know, if you have to go to the doctor or, you, you know, flights and travel, are you noticing there are many more pinch points because of this accelerated expansion? Khaled? Well, what I noticed here in, in Riyadh, and uh, I think in the north of Riyadh, is we have about three hospitals that have been built within the last six months. Uh, one of them is already complete. Wow. Two of them are almost done within a three-mile radius of, of uh, the school. Um, mm -hmm. One of the biggest hospitals, I think, is Suleiman Habib in the region, has built a brand new hospital literally a mile and a half away from here. 
uh, and two more around uh, where we live in, in our compound. Uh, so we do see a big expansion in that. And then also there's the big metro project that's been going on for a very long time, which hopefully will reduce this, this traffic Paul has been talking about, because once you hit traffic here, it's, it's really bad. Donovan? Yeah, um, we live uh, an hour north of Jeddah. So um, don't get down to Jeddah all the time, but do get out of the compound because uh, like others, my wife, you know, wife wouldn't be too happy living in here all the time. So when we get down, we know a significant difference uh, in the, you know, we don't see it on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's like, where did that building come from? You know, there, there's crazy amount of construction. And uh, I have some colleagues who in, in rugby club who work down in Jeddah and, and the projects that they're involved in, uh, and here is, is is amazing, and um, yeah, it's quite crazy the amount of um, growth that's happening in, in that industry. Um, and also, one of the things over the last, I suppose, uh, maybe year, year and a half, is the amount of airlines and destinations that are flying in and out of Saudi Arabia, um, and, and that's changed significantly. Wazir have come into the kingdom, and now you can fly, fly to multiple destinations. So you've got a lot more people coming into the kingdom from various sort of locations and, and in and out too. So airports are busier than, than they have been you know, before. I like that story where you say you drive down to Jeddah and suddenly there's a new building. I remember living in Beijing in the late 90s and early 2000s. And when I was there, there was the third ring road and now there's nine ring roads, you know. Yeah. And I remember they were building the fourth and it was just, you know, exactly this, this kind of unbelievable acceleration and, and the energy and the capacity uh, to really build and create new infrastructures is just kind of mind-boggling, especially when you go down, as you said, you go periodically and suddenly you see that. It's such, it's a great uh, anecdote. Definitely. Uh, Donovan? Yeah, I just wanted to jump in there too. And um, I noticed from an Injeda and, and places I've, I've visited, they're doing a lot also to preserve heritage sites. So Alula, um, as an example uh, there, uh, Al Balad in Jeddah, um, a historical site. They're doing really a lot to um, you know, restore and maintain that and protect it. Uh, I'm not so much. I haven't been to Riyadh, but I'd imagine the same would would be the case there. Doing doing an awful lot to to look after that and and then provide people access too. Uh, Zishan? Yeah, just just following on from that, and that's a that's a really good point from Donovan. I just wanted to mention the culture in Saudi Arabia. There's a huge amount of history and culture here, and I really do encourage anyone who who comes here to embrace that and and speak to the locals. Uh, as um, I think it was Paul who mentioned earlier, that they're very hospitable. You know, I, I lived and worked in the UAE for a long time as well, and and obviously the the proportion of expats to locals is 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 uh, very different compared to Saudi Arabia. Uh, here, you, you will have opportunities to interact with locals, um, learn about the traditions, learn about the culture, learn about the history of the country. And there's there's, there's a huge amount to learn. Um, and I really do encourage anyone who, who visits here to to embrace that. You both, uh, some of you were mentioning uh, your partners, spouses, uh, wives. Uh, you know, there's also a bit of a myth about women, uh, the role of women and the role of how they position themselves within society and accesses. Has that significantly changed and for the, you know, thinking Donovan, you've been there eight years and uh, some of you have just come. I'm just curious for our female audience, you know, what what is it like to live in Saudi Arabia as an expatriate and uh, being a woman?
I don't want to. I don't want to jump in there and, and make sort you know, of you know, <laughs> on behalf of of, of, of women. But no, no, no. You know, I, 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 I'm just asking, all the women in the world, Donovan. No, 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 no. I'm just saying in the in the context of your own families and uh, your partners, uh, how have they noticed the changes? Maybe that would be a more appropriate. Well, I, th I think um, when, when we came in. Um, my wife uh, at the time, you know, due to law, couldn't drive in, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, and, and clothing um, was significantly different to it is. And, and, and those are two things that have changed as well. Um, she was always respected. There was there was, there was nothing, you know, um, there were there were sort of no issues. It was just the, maybe the driving um, uh, was one of the things that, you know, she can now do and has been doing for, for a while as well. Um, there's also been a change around, um, it's still modesty and clothing. But uh, it looks different as well. Um, there's a lot more sort of colours and in, in, um, in the clothing. Um, and I have two girls, um, and they're fully active in, in sports and, and cultural events. And um, and for, for them, you know, they could be in New Zealand. You know, it, it's no different for them growing up in there as well. So, yeah, I I, I don't know if someone wants to sort of jump in and, and kind of speak for for what they've observed. Um, my wife worked in Jeddah, um, so she was there when she was younger, which is about maybe 10, 15 years ago. And when we were coming back here, she was very hesitant to come back to what she thought was still Saudi. Uh, Riyadh is known to be the more conservative than the south of Jeddah or uh, the west coast. So coming in here, we thought it was going to be a lot more strict. Being here for six years, we've seen a lot of changes, like Donovan said. Um, when we first came, my wife couldn't drive. Now I don't even see her anymore. I don't see the car anymore. Um, <laughs> so everybody's happy. So she, she gets to go out, do what she wants, meet with her friends. Uh, and again, with that respect in mind where I know coming from a more conservative family that she's safe wherever she's at. Um, and, and I don't have to worry about that, but it, it's, it's very open compared to what it was six years ago. Um, it's very colorful, as Donovan said. Um, women are in a lot more uh, leadership roles than they used to. Um, some of our contests in the ministry uh, who have been really active with our school uh, are women from very strong background. Um, some of the parent community, hold, the women in those households, um, a lot of strong and, and very powerful position in our community as well. Um, seeing that and interacting with that in a daily basis is very refreshing as well. Thank you, Paul. And then uh, Zeshan. I'm just going to add in my observations, I guess. Um, obviously, uh, I don't have any personal experience as a man, but. Um, uh, you know, you go to the local malls, uh, you see expat females wearing, uh, I won't say whatever they want, it's not like what you might find in a mall in a Western country, but as long as their shoulders are covered and their knees are covered, um, uh, you know, it seems fairly open. Uh, living within the compound, it would seem that females can wear whatever they want. Uh, it's very um, Western, um, at least the compound where I live. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think it's intentionally set up like that, but it's like a, you could call it a bit of an enclave. 
<laughs> away from Saudi culture um, on on the compounds. Uh, so, and I have friends who've come here as tourists um, and find it's you know females. It's not a problem, um, and it's that that kind of idea that you know females are. Um, you know, forced into a conservative kind of situations. It's I don't I don't see that myself. Thank you, Paul. I've, I've got a quick thing, and it, just an observation. Obviously, it's been a super interesting chat, and we haven't even got onto the technology. So I think we're going to have to do a second podcast, get everyone back for a, another one to talk about the tech stuff. Because I think the, the good news is, I think this podcast it's interesting to everyone, not just not just people in technology. But I, I want to just ask about um, who who. Who would enjoy going to Saudi? Obviously, you know, we haven't mentioned money, but obviously, you know, from what from what everyone says, you know, the packages are quite good, especially if you're a teaching couple. You know, you can go there and and, and definitely save some money. Like, like, to, who is it? Would Saudi appeal to everyone, or you know, is it younger people, middle-aged people? Like, is it is it is it teaching couples? Like, what, what who have you seen enjoy it, or or is it is it just kind of wide open for for anyone who wants wants to try something an interesting new culture? Um, I can I can jump in quickly on that and the from I think it's open to everyone in 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 Miss schools we have a mix of teachers from a whole range of different backgrounds and different ages some younger and single uh, some you know more established with families and and children uh, so I think it's open to anyone I think the compound life definitely suits you know families uh, people with with young children you know find it very comfortable. Um, within the compounds, but uh, just particularly from my background as a as a British um, Pakistani, you know, Muslim um, coming to Saudi Arabia, it's been been um, great for me. You know, all the food is halal. I've had multiple opportunities to visit the the holy cities uh, and and do the pilgrimages. Um, so it's, I think someone from from my background, you know, a, a, a British Muslim, Western Muslim, coming to you know Saudi Arabia, where you know they can ha have that that uh, Muslim lifestyle with mosques, and uh, you know they're able to to visit the holy cities. Uh, that's that's very appealing um, for for me and my family. Great, uh, Khalid, we're going to jump in. Yeah, I agree with Zishan saying coming from a similar background. Um, every one of those points is uh, really bad. I also see that Saudi is demographic is a younger demographic, um, and appealing to the younger generations um, to come in and, and, and having opportunities uh, for them to come in and thrive in the country. And a lot of the laws have been loosening a little bit more. In the past, our school was strict on hiring only couples, but as things got a little bit easier, hiring single uh, teachers has been more. Uh, common and more frequent, um, and our demographic in the school is anywhere between late twenties to uh, early fifties, uh, which is 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 very diverse. But I think the country is pushing more toward the younger generation, so they can build the school or the country a little bit more, and and make it a little bit more diverse. Interesting, right. uh, Paul. You had something to say. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll add that um, I, I, I would agree that it's definitely a very family-oriented posting to come here. Um, certainly where I work, uh, there's a lot of British families um, 
like teaching couples that are here. Um, it's, I would say it's not the place to come to if you want to go out clubbing on a Friday night and wake up the next morning and have a bacon buddy for your hangover. If that's the kind of thing that you're into, don't come to Saudi. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's not a great big nightlife here because there's no alcohol. It's very strict. Uh, there's no pork. Um, so uh, if you have that, um, I guess the other side of that is it's a great place to save because there is not as much to do as there may be in, say, Dubai or Bahrain. Um, uh which can be a good thing and there's no tax so it's a great place to come and and save money absolutely fantastic Donovan? yeah just to jump in there so i i agree with those sort of couples things as well and what what we've kind of uh, what i've sort of seen because we're a little bit north of Jeddah is sometimes um, a couple will come in and only one of them is the teacher but the opportunities for the spouse to get um you know like as I said, sort of maybe in construction or that we've had in Castle down in Jeddah, like um, some opportunities for them to sort of further develop their career um, has been really quite surprising. So they've come over, the teacher, they've got the teacher, the one there, and then the, the spouse is sort of at home. And then there's been opportunities uh, arise and some really um, wonderful opportunities that, you know, some of my friends just say that maybe they wouldn't have had in, in the, you know, home of record. Um, so, yeah, some, again, this is because of the, the growth Interesting. Yeah, can... I've got a friend of mine in Prague who's um, works in construction, and his wife's a teacher at an international school here, and they're thinking to go out there and do do that same thing because they, you know, there's a good chance he could get a job in construction, and obviously there's there's a lot of opportunities for international schools. Yeah, I think whenever you have this immense growth and there are opportunities not only in one sector, but there's kind of a domino effect. You know, you need more schools, you need more roads, uh, you know, more hospitals and just seems like everything that you're sharing really uh, highlights uh, this phenomenal growth and the opportunities uh, for people. And, and I think that's just so interesting to see a country go through so much change in such a short time. And also this ambition that you talked about, uh, the 2030, and you read about it a lot of in the press. And then Dan, did you go to Neon? Is that- No, I you- didn't. I've, I've okay. only, I've been to Riyadh. Um, this was uh, the year before last, I'm, I'm at Khalid. Uh, I've been to briefly to Jeddah and I went up to see Donovan in, in Kaust. I'm planning to come back next month. So I'm hopefully gonna get to come and see you all uh, in February. Um, but no, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm planning to go to a lot. I think Saudi Arabia is a, I think it's, it's a lot of opportunity there. I think it's a fascinating place. Uh, it's, you know, it's a regional superpower, you know, so um, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's so much going on there. Yeah. And Dan, you know, well, we, you did, we were going to talk tech, but I, I think there's something so interesting to hear uh, our guests who are living there coming from very different backgrounds and uh, in different situations. It's just been so rich to hear uh this life in Saudi Arabia, because I think so often we misunderstand or there's so much uh, kind of, you know, uh, narrow minded perceptions on this wonderful, rich country with so much culture and the history, which goes back to the dawn of time. I just think it's been wonderful to have you guys come on and share. And as Dan said, we'll definitely have to do this when just talk about nuts and bolts and wires. But I think this really for me has just been fascinating. And uh, thank you so much. Great. Uh, thanks, everyone. Um, anyone got any final comments? If not, we'll 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 finish the pod. Paul. 
I'm just going to say thank you to Dan and John for this opportunity to, to share our, our lives here. Great. Great. And I just uh, want to remind people that uh, they, our guests have been very generous with show notes and you can connect with them. So if you have got questions or you want to follow them or have anything you want to uh, understand further about their situation and this wonderful country of Saudi Arabia that they're uh, sharing about, just reach out through the show notes. Zeshan, you wanted to share? No, that's a, that's all I was going to say. Is anyone listening? If they want to connect, hopefully they'll they'll have that information and feel free to reach out directly with any questions about Saudi Arabia. If you're thinking about Saudi Arabia, if you, if you have any questions, and um, yeah, thank you for having having us all, and would love to maybe do it do it again and, and get into uh, into the tech side of things as well. Absolutely. Great. Uh, Paul Zishan, Donovan, Khalid. Khalid, so I've realized I've been mispronouncing your name all this time and you never told me, but uh, great, great to talk to you all. Um, and uh, thanks a lot for coming and let's do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much for being on the International Schools Podcast. We really appreciate it. Be well, everybody. Thank you.